0: Gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller. And thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 15 games across the NFL. And in this episode, we're going to cover the regular weekly picks. We're going to get to Andy and Matty's total tease and also get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, he's standing by with an apology right now. He's Andy, the prognosticator atridge. How are you doing? And I will await your apology for last week telling me that Joe Montana does not have an investment company.
1: I'm sorry that I didn't. I was not aware that he had an investment company, but I am now. So
0: I was wrong,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, I was <laughs> I
0: was not exactly right. What do you mean not right? I mean not right. I don't get you
1: you mean you were wrong speaking of joe montana and the 49ers how about that new england or new orleans game rather
0: oh man was that that was game of the year and how about your boy freaking george kittle Uh, with a ditka-esque run
1: at the end of that game play of the year man oh yeah
0: play of the last couple years
1: yeah, it was a big game. I mean, if you paid for the whole seat at the Superdome, you really only needed the edge for this one.
0: If you miss this, you'd better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break out.
1: That was crazy, man.
0: Oh, dude, um, I, 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 loved you. Uh, I love that you tweeted out or uh, Facebook that uh, blood pressure monitor of your blood pressure skyrocketing toward the end of that game.
1: Yeah, um, I think I broke the machine. <laughs> I'm not even lying when I say this. I was getting nervous watching the highlights.
0: Oh, man. like That was a great game for just playing football fans like me who didn't have a rooting interest. I can only imagine what it was like being a Niners fan watching that game.
1: Oh, it was nuts. Wow. I don't want to hear any complaints about, oh, there's no defense in the game. Well, it was a high-scoring game, but I'm not going to fault necessarily the defense for that. It was uh, just no. two re- really good offenses going against each other, trying to
0: I was no. really impressed with uh, Jimmy G matching uh, touchdown mm-hmm. for touchdown with yep. uh, Drew Brees. I mean, he looks great. As his efficiency rating is up there. And, I mean, they're doing it with the run and a great old line. But when they call upon Jimmy G to actually make the plays, he's making the plays. He's, he's not giving the ball away, and he's making plays down the field.
1: Yeah, down the field. No hesitation whatsoever. Just bing, pow.
0: Yeah, so I, that, I, that was I, nice to see. I can't be more impressed with the 49ers at this point, and I think right now they have to be the favorites in the NFC to head to the Super Bowl, although I probably should knock on wood and not jinx you.
1: No, no, no. That's I mean, we just go by the Vegas odds, and I think that's what they look like right now.
0: Yeah, could be a could be a rematch of the Ravens-Niners. Yeah, the uh, the Harbo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this time your Niners come out on top, though, eh?
1: Yeah, and maybe the lights don't go out and a whole bunch of other neat stuff that happened that day. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, let's get on to news of the week. Let's do it. Walmart Canada is saying sorry for making available a Christmas sweater with an apparent drug reference. The sweater featured an image of Santa Claus behind a table with three white lines that look awfully like lines of the Bolivian marching powder. Below the image is the phrase, let it snow. Walmart has since pulled the offending shirt from its store shelves.
0: Well, how the hell do you think this guy leaves presents at millions of houses in one night's work? Especially in Canada, where in the north, you could have like one home every 600 miles. Definitely carve out some lines for this poor bastard. Screw the milk and cookies.
1: And presuming that he's sharing like a good Santa would, I'm guessing that he probably gets sick of Donner and Blitzen stories about how awesome their band was in Reindeer High School and how Comet and Cupid are just friends with really good benefits.
0: Oh, this just in. <laughs> Upon further investigation, Walmart executives have found that this cocaine-inspired Christmas shirt was a business venture between former NFL Hall of Fame partiers Lawrence Taylor and Michael Irvin. Alongside former Dolphins O line coach and noted cocaine enthusiast Chris Forrester. Hey, babe, miss you. Thinking about you. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go?
1: There's
0: those big brains falling, but I miss you. I miss you a lot. Oh, uh, no, babe, it's going to be a while before we can do this again. Because I know you're going to keep that baby. But I think about you when I do it. I think about how much I miss you, how high we got together, how much fun it was. So much fun. The last little bit now before
1: I go to the meeting.
2: Is that what I'm You think? I think not. I wish I
1: was looking at this. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. In what is being coined as Spygate 2.0, noted ball deflators and degenerate cheaters, the New England Patriots are once again being accused of videotaping signs of their future opposition. During week 14, the Patriots sent a video team to Cleveland to film a documentary on an advanced scout who was at the game watching the Browns and Bengals play, with the Bengals set to play the Patriots in week 15. The online doc was part of a Do Your Job series that exists on the Patriots' website. A Bengals staffer spotted the Patriots.com credentialed cameraman with a Boston Bruins gear on and proceeded to observe that the cameraman was doing. Allegedly, the cameraman proceeded to point the camera at the Bengals' coaching staff and sideline for essentially the entire quarter. The Pats football operations staff have denied any knowledge of the operation and said that this was done by members of Kraft Productions, owner Robert Kraft's video production company, shooting B-roll for the Do Your Job web docu-series.
0: Well, you think Robert Kraft would have learned a little something about surreptitiously videotaping from the FBI's trial disclosure during his Tuggate debacle last summer. In fact... I hear that Vivid Videos is in possession of those tapes and will be teaming up with Craft Productions to release their very own web docu-series this summer titled Do Your Rim Job, The Winning Executive's Guide to Relaxation. This is expected to replace Sun Tzu's Art of War in boardrooms throughout America. We're on to Cincinnati. And finally, Chicago Bears star linebacker Khalil Mack is spreading Christmas joy by paying off all the holiday layaway accounts at a Walmart in Florida quote everyone is truly grateful for everything you have done for them a representative from max foundation came to the store and asked to be a secret santa the payment covered all the stores 300 holloway layaway accounts
1: not all of our news stories are about cocaine and nefarious actions by the new England patriots sometimes people just get it right good for you khalil
2: god bless us everyone
0: Well, let's fire it up. It's time for our weekly picks. And we start Sunday afternoon in Carolina, where the Panthers are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Carolina's six-point underdogs over under of 48 and a half. And uh, Seattle coming off a, a pretty rough primetime outing, which is uh, very uncharacteristic for Russell Wilson. Uh, but, uh, well, he also bounces back really well throughout his career. So uh, I'm looking at the Seahawks in this game as Carolina looks like they have pretty much packed it in.
1: Well, you can totally see that just in the game against Atlanta last week, uh, losing 40-20. to 20. I mean, that's the after the firing of Riverboat Ronnie, uh, and they certainly did not rise to the occasion. And I think they're just packing it in now. And Seattle absolutely needs every single win to keep pace with the 49ers. Um, you know, they'll definitely get on a wild card, but um, they'd appreciate home field advantage more than anyone.
0: Yeah, they went, they went from fourth or first to fifth in the NFC uh, with their loss and the Niners' win last week. So you're darn right. They definitely need to keep pace.
1: Well, exactly the same thing happened the week before when they won. And the 49ers went from first to fifth. So it's that close. And Seattle plays really well on the road. In fact, they won six of the last seven uh, outside the home of the 12th man. But six, I don't know. You know, as long as this stays under a touchdown, I really don't have a problem taking Seattle here. I don't see Carolina. I see them mailing it in, to be quite honest. Um, I like the Seahawks in this spot, too.
0: Yeah, Carolina, 3-12 in November and December over the past couple seasons. And uh, three of the fa- of the past four quarterbacks to face the Panthers have had a 100 plus pass rating and threw for over 300 plus yards. Uh, that's a stunning stat. Uh, also for Carolina, Greg Olson will be out for the game with a concussion, and he's pretty much the only receiver that does anything of consequences. And uh, their Carolina just is not playing defense. With their last two losses, uh, they allowed 40 points to Atlanta, and also lost. To Washington. Yes, the professional football team from Washington scored 29 on them to beat, beat them 29 21. So I'm with you. Uh, I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks uh, with the points. Baby, if you've ever wondered, I've wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, WKRP. On to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. (laughs) We were just discussing this, weren't we? Uh, The Natty is at home against the visiting New England Patriots. Uh, New England wants to right the ship after a couple straight losses, which does not happen. Uh, Cincinnati, nine and a half point, underdogs at home. And, man, I got to tell you, New England, I went off on a rant about Belichick and the Pats last week. Let me go Mm -hmm. off on a little bit of a rant here about idiot Pats fans. They booed their team off the field at halftime last game. Wasn't that incredible? Oh, see, these people are delusional because you could tell they haven't had to cheer for a team like the rest of us in the NFL that will sometimes have winning season, but most of the times not. I'm a Bears fan, man. I've been waiting for 85 to recreate itself for, well, since 85. So, I mean, these guys... One, one bad half of football or I guess a game and a half of football that you know wasn't that great and they're already booing their championship team. Pats fans, you suck.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bruins fans can be, uh, any fans from Boston rather, can be pretty relentless. I'm just thinking about that news story with Buddy on the sideline wearing a Bruins jersey. Like, dude, you're in Cincinnati. Put on a Columbus Blue Jackets jersey. Maybe you'll blend in a little bit more. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, come on. The New Chowder. New England, the Chowds. The chowd. Say Chowder. It's Chowder.
0: Say it right.
1: So, New England, they couldn't score on the Chiefs' defense. And what do we say about the Chiefs' defense? It's got more gaps than a Michael Strahan photo album. Michael Strahan's teeth are having a middle school dance where the boys stand on one side of the room and the girls stand on the other. I think that was the eighth game that Tom Brady's had a pass rating of under 100, first time in his career. They just, you know, if, if unless your last name is either Edelman or White, he's got no one to throw to. The only way that they can write this ship is if Gronk comes out of retirement, Yo Soy Fiesta, and joins the team week before the playoffs, gets the rust off, and then they were rolling again. But right now, Cincinnati's done nothing to impress me in particular. Although Joe Mixon did lead the league in rushing last week, but at nine and a half point underdogs, come on. Um, New England couldn't score at a driving movie theater. No, yeah, I gotta take. I gotta take the bungles here. Um, I know that you know off a loss, you know Brady and Belichick are pretty good. Off two losses, they're even better. Now they're off three losses. Now it's becoming a trend, right? Not an anomaly.
0: Yeah, this is uh, you know New England's defense. They were pretty vaunted at the beginning of the year. But everybody forgot to mention that they were playing the Jets, the Dolphins. You know, they weren't they weren't playing anybody of any consequence. Well, not everyone Leonie. was saying
1: that. We're neglecting that. We said that uh, numerous times.
0: Yes, definitely, but I'm talking mainly the mainstream media. Yeah. I heard a lot of comparisons to the 85 Bears. What? And uh, oh yeah, I did because some of their stats were actually better than the 85 Bears. However, the 85 Bears played much better competition. Now, get this, their defense in the last five games allowing 21.4 points per game, uh, allowing 314 yards per game, and their their opposition red zone percentage is 69.2. That is brutal, and they really haven't been playing that many world beaters. And, I mean, Brady, he leads the NFL now in throwaways at 31 and incompletions due to miscommunication at 21. So, I mean, he's not the Tom Brady we're used to. And we no. j- it's just going to show that his O-line isn't what it once was. And you're right. He has zero people to throw to. I mean, they are playing the Bengals. Uh Cincinnati, if they want to beat the Bengals, the, uh, they got to do it on the ground. Cincinnati's allowing 156.7 rushing yards per game. That is the most in the NFL. But uh, nine points. Andy Dalton's back at quarterback. If he has a decent game, like I'm not putting my own money on this game, but if you're giving me nine and a half points for the Bengals at home, I'll take them. I'll take the Bengals with you on this.
1: Yeah, uh, the math just doesn't work out to favor the Pats. I've handled dozens
0: of balls over the past week.
1: Hello,
2: Detroit. You've won my heart.
0: To the Motor City we go, where the Detroit Lions are at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay pushed last week, which was amazing considering they played horrible and still managed to make a push. Because, man, they can score with the football. Uh, Detroit three and a half point underdogs over under of 47 and a half. And, uh, I mean, like I said, the bucks can score 20, averaging 29.1 points per game this season. That's third most in the NFL.
1: Well, Jameis Winston, he played the most typical Jameis Winston game of his career last week, throwing for four touchdowns and three interceptions. One of those going for six points, the opposite way. So what Jameis Winston does, he ensures that both offenses score,
0: right? <laughs> you bet. That
1: both teams are scoring high, filling up a, bu- a box score rather but if you take a closer look at this game, the tail of the tape is going to be about injuries. And right now, wide receiver Marvin Jones for the Lions is out for the season with an ankle injury. And running back Bo Scarborough, who's kind of been a shining light in their backfield this year, he's questionable with a rib injury. Defensive tackle Deshaun Hand is headed to the IR due to an ankle injury. And then on the other side of the field, you got Mike Evans out for the rest of the season with a hamstring. And to say that that guy is a big part of their offense would be a gross understatement. He's this season already, he's accounted for uh, almost 1,200 yards on 67 receptions and making it in the end zone eight times. Uh, in fact, he and Randy Moss are the only wide receivers in NFL history to gain over 1,000 yards in the first six seasons.
0: Yeah, Mike Evans being out is pretty big. I've also heard that uh, Winston, it, it's possible he has a broken thumb uh however he had it for all the second half last game and that didn't seem to really bother him so it can't be that bad of a break um i really though don't um this game like the bucks don't play a lot of defense with the exception of linebacker shaq barrett who's got 15 sacks this year but detroit man they are they are a hurting squad and they're not playing defense and, I mean, they've got a third or fourth string type quarterback in there right now. And I just think Tampa Bay will score too many points for Detroit uh, to keep up with. So I'm taking uh, the Bucks here on the road.
1: Alliance, I'm just trying to figure out which Jameis Winston is going to show up. Um, they're still in the playoff. I mean, mathematically, it's very slim. But
0: Well, like the Bucks, they, uh, even he threw a pick six last week and they still won. They still won. Right? Still pushed on the bet, too.
1: Uh yeah, they did. They did. Blow, how you like me now. Yeah. Blow. Um I'm gonna no, I I think I like Detroit as the uh the home dog here. Um I think the metrics would maybe point to Tampa Bay, but I I don't see Jameis having two consecutive games where he's throwing for over four hundred and fifty yards and lighting up the box score. So and he's going to be taking the Lions on this one. Well, the Vikings, don't lose a game or chicago Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? Them fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are
0: always crying because the boys are always out of luck. But everybody knows that the Packers suck. Up next, the Frozen Tundra. We go to Green Bay for an NFC North matchup that still does have playoff consequences is my Chicago Bears. Stop Bears. Well, they're in town. And uh, this is a divisional game, and Chicago and Green Bay always play pretty close. And uh, my boy Mitch Trubisky's turned it on in the last five games. 66.5% completion percentage. Uh, 244 pass yards a game, 11 touchdowns, five ints, and a 95.4 passer rating. Oh, and that also goes with a four and one record.
1: Let's go with uh, yeah. Let's look into the numbers for Maserati Mitch for yeah the most recent game. First player in NFL history ever to do all these things: complete 70 percent of his passes on 30 plus attempts, throw for three plus touchdowns, rush for 50 plus yards, and rush for TD himself. Little known fact there, Matty, he actually stole the nickname Maserati Mitch from Mitch McConnell, who now goes by Turtle Wax McConnell.
0: Yeah, also, he goes by Moscow Mitch, as uh, he seems to love the Russians being involved in American politics. Yeah, yeah. Now, there is Uh, uh, the key injury, uh, I I definitely know it's going to hurt us not to have Roquan Smith in there. Uh, But my boy, Akeem Hicks, is back in. So what I was noticing is when Akeem Hicks came out, uh, Khalil Mack wasn't able to get as much done from the outside rushing because Akeem Hicks takes up a lot of the O-line's attention inside, Mm -hmm. that is. And he's a great run stopper. I expect uh, Khalil Mack to maybe have a couple sacks this game. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the run.
1: Well, it's it's definitely going to be won or lost in the trenches. And right now, the Bears defense, seventh against the run in the league, allowing 96 yards per game. And Green Bay's 25th in the league, allowing 123 yards a game. Now, this line right now at minus four and a half started much higher, closer to a touchdown. Uh, I think most shops opened around six and a half. But the reason why you're seeing this line moving is because of sharp betters coming in on this thing and just pounding the Bears. So if you got them at six or six and a half during uh, the early part of the week, good for you. Uh, but even at plus four and a half, I'm go- definitely going with the Bears here. And maybe it's time for uh, Moneyline Maddie to pull out, pull out his hat.
0: Yeah, well, Chicago's playing. Uh, their playoff hopes are technically still alive. And uh, Green Bay's defense is not uh, what they were Last week. Now, uh, money line, It. I'm hoping the Bears win, uh, but I will definitely take them with the points this week. As uh, I mean, it's going to be 15 degrees in uh, Lambo, so it's going to be cold. Uh, and, you know, Jones, who's been a great ru- running back for uh, Green Bay. Uh, he averages only 27 rush yards per game in his four career games versus Chicago. That's the lowest of any team he's played more than once. So I expect the Bears to at least keep this one close.
1: Well, you remember the first time that these two teams faced off and it was the first game of the season on a Thursday night in 1-1. One one. Final score was 10-3. to three, Yep. And everyone was talking about how great uh, the Green Bay defense was. Yeah. Well, I think that was about the only game that they played really well. And uh, they've gone nothing but downhill since. So, yeah. And you look at the over under; it's only 41. Um, Definitely liking the bears here. Stop bears. Stop bears.
0: Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. To the District of Columbia, we go, where the Washington professional football team takes on division rival Philadelphia Eagles. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Eagles' playoff hopes are actually still alive. Uh, that's m- more due to the fact that the NFC East is a raging dumpster fire of a division. And I'm going to go right here, right now. Last uh, last game, you were saying it might be my Bears, might be my money line, Maddie. No, my money line, mm-hmm. Maddie, pick this week. It is the Washington professional football team at plus 173.
1: Well, that, that was a team that you had no faith at Lambeau last week. And they kept it within five points. You bet. No, they, they played all right. And, you know, AP and, and the juice, they're racking up some yards on the ground. And that's the way you win football games. And that's the way you win divisional games. And Philadelphia, my God, how lucky were they to win that Monday night game against Eli Manning?
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, against the, the giants lowly de- Giants. Like the Giants, well, they did everything the they could defense, to choke that game away.
1: Yeah, if their defense you know, didn't realize that they were the Giants' defense and played like a normal football team, they should have had that game in the bag at 17-3. But no, they, they left the door open, and that was no fault of Eli Manning. It was really kind of showcasing what skill set still exists in him. I don't know if that's for other teams he may want to play with denver i'm talking about you um but yeah i four and a half philadelphia's like their <laughs> their secondary is so decimated and right now uh, so is the, the receiver weather predictions, corps. 13 mile an hour wins right well yeah. they don't have all sean jeffrey again
0: well they're down to t- um, they're down to two healthy receivers they've had to call them up from uh the practice squad like if you remember right. against the g-men last week Zach Ertz had to spread out as a wide receiver.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they can they do really well throwing to the tight ends, Goddard and Ertz. But with that wind speed and the lack of receiving weapons that they have, they're not going to be able to move the ball downfield. Ergo, Washington puts eight guys in the box and shuts it down. Uh, yeah, it might surprise people. I'm not money lining this one, but I s- definitely will take the four and a half points in my back pocket and take. Professional football team from Washington at home.
2: Ah, oh, Kansas City, gonna get my baby back home.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've got a big AFC East matchup uh, next, and that's uh, Kansas City. Uh, they are laying nine and a half points at home at Arrowhead Stadium against the visiting Denver Broncos. And uh, I don't know if they deserve nine and a half points as the Drew Locke era is in full effect in Denver. They've been putting up points, and more importantly, they've been keeping teams off the board. What did Rodney Dangerfield say?
1: Well, that's the story of my life. No respect. They've covered five of their last six games Denver has. And right now, the Chiefs are 28th in the league against the run on defense, allowing just over 137 yards per game. You mentioned that this line that seems a bit high. And I think the reason for that is just simply for teaser protection. I mean, you tease this nine and a half, the best you're gonna get is three and a half, right? Otherwise you're gonna get you're gonna be able to get the Chiefs for under a, a field goal, which pretty much is automatic. But I definitely think Denver can can be in the mix here. You saw how well Philip Lindsay traveled to Houston. Um, I think his mom and dad are gonna make this road trip too.
0: Well, somebody once again has to uh, clean those skid marks as the uh, training staff have refused to do it in Denver. So Philip Lindsay needs Mama on the road. Uh, Probably likes that home cooking too. Uh, Denver's offense, though, like I said, they're on a roll. 51 points scored in the last two games. Both of them wins. uh, And one was uh, at Houston. So that was on the road against... a, a. a Houston team that had just beat the Pats and also against the Chargers. So 51 points in two games, nothing to uh, shake your head at. Uh, Also um, Denver's uh, it's, it's going to be 31 degrees and more than likely snowing uh, in Kansas city, which is going to affect the pass game. So that's, that says more to uh, Philip Lindsay's rush as well. And like you said, the chiefs D they cannot cover the rush at all. And, uh, Another interesting stat I found: all five of the Broncos' wins this year have come against AFC opponents. So they're doing well in their own conference. Uh, nine and a half points. I agree with you. There's a lot of teaser protection built into that. I, I'm. I, I we're, we're this is the mutual admiration show, I guess, because I agree with you again. I I think Denver covers this one.
1: And Don Fangio, we trust. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in.
0: on to the meadowlands where the new york giants are at home and uh well they have the miami dolphins in town now the g-men are now in a 10-game losing streak which is a franchise record uh the giants three and a half point favorites at home and i don't know about this because miami's offense has scored 20 plus points in four consecutive games And, you know, the Giants' defense, like, look, they couldn't even do anything against a decimated Eagles uh, offense last week. What makes us think that they're going to do any better uh, against Miami? Uh, Nothing. (laughs)
1: Simply put, nothing. You know, with Fitzpatrick, our guy from Harvard, under uh, under center for Miami. They're not a bad football team. They're not a great football team. They're barely even a good football team, but they're a hell of a lot better than the Giants. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah. The, um, again, going back to the weather, because this, this game is probably going to be the most affected by it other than any other game in the league, but 15-mile-an-hour wins with Gus in the 25-mile-an-hour range. Well, <laughs> what's a little Noodle Arm Manning going to do? Um, you know, I... Again, they're going to have to rely on Saquon Barkley, who p- played a pretty good game on Monday night. Uh, but that was the first in about two months that he's played particularly well. So I think he just showed up for Eli. And uh, two weeks in a row, uh, I don't know. I know he's got incentives in his contract to hit. And he's not even come close to it, And I would assume, this year because it's been a really piss poor year for him. But, uh, you know, on the Dolphins side, you got Devontae Parker, who's currently in concussion protocol, and it's simply listed as status uncertain. But uh, for my money, I like the Dolphins on the three and a half points.
0: Yeah, last week we were talking about sometimes you have to put the uh, statistics aside, and you got to look at emotion. These guys are, are, player, are, are human beings, and emotion sometimes plays a key role in these games. And if upon Eli Manning's big return, and also last week, remember, Eli Manning was playing... To like, if he won that game, he was over five hundred in his career as a quarterback. Yeah, that's right. And, that's and right. If he loses, he's under five hundred. And uh, the only two quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame that have an under five hundred record. Okay, one of them is Joe Willie Namath. Do you know the other one? Here's a little piece of trivia. Who is so Joe Willie Namath? Is one quarterback. Who's the other quarterback that doesn't have a five hundred record that's in the Hall of Fame?
1: I'm going to say it's in the hall of fame.
0: It's old school too. Old John they- Brody. No, it would be uh Sonny Jergensen. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's only two guys that is. So Eli Manning, you know, he's playing to try to get in the hall. And people, it, you figure if the team was going to rise to the occasion, it would have been last week against the division opponent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who, you know, they they could have played playoff spoiler. They could have got Manning over 500. And, mm-hmm. you know, the big, and, and they couldn't get up for that game. They're not getting up for the Dolphins. The Giants have uh, packed it in. They're just playing out the string. And uh, Miami, for whatever reason, they just don't seem to want to give up. They're kind no. of in a they're in a lot of games, even the ones they lose. So uh, the Giants favored by more than a field goal? Uh methinks not. I'm going with the Finns.
2: Many teams drive, nobody did it us. We Tennessee Titans, so nobody coming close to us.
0: Well, they are playing some amazing football in the Music City. The Tennessee Titans, uh, they are red hot. And uh, they have the Houston Texans in town who uh, we don't know what Houston team is going to show up. Is it going to be the team that beat the Patriots, or is it going to get the? T- it's going to be the team that got their arses beat against the Broncos team. Uh, who knows? Uh, Tennessee though, six and one since week seven. Only Baltimore has a better record in that time span.
1: Yeah, well, Houston is consistently inconsistent. So if we look at their season so far, they lost to the Saints, then beat the Jags, beat the Chargers, and lost to the Panthers. They beat the Falcons and Chiefs and then lost to the Colts. They beat the Raiders and Jaguars and then lost to the Ravens. They beat the Colts and Pats, and then they lose to the Broncos? Like which team is going to show up here? I don't know. Um, you know. In a divisional game like this, and I think they have, uh, this is the first of two and three weeks for these two teams. And I'll be honest with you, Maddie. you could take Tennessee at minus three, and I could take Houston at plus three, and I think we'd probably both be right.
0: Yeah, you know what? I I agree with you. This game definitely sets up for a push. I do like the Titans in this spot as long as it stays as as a field goal or under, Uh, simply because, like, I mean, they are scoring a lot of points. Tennessee's averaging 31.4 points per game with Tannehill as a starter. Yeah. The guy's 73.6 completion percentage, 9.8 yards per attempt, and 118.5 passer rating. And that's due to two things. It's due to him playing some good football and finally getting, you know, some good coaching, but also because defenses have to respect Derek Henry. That guy is an angry runner. I want Mm -hmm. no part of that guy's stiff arm. That guy's got the Mike Tyson left hook of stiff arms.
1: Well, the key to Houston, and that's the same for any game this year, is if at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, Deshaun Watson's jersey is pretty clean, they win. And it's a matter of whether the Titans can get pressure on them, and I think they can. And <laughs> yeah, I th- that's it that's a train that I'm gonna ride until I got a reason not to. So I'm gonna take the Titans in Tennessee here.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Houston's D, they've given up sixty points in the last two games. Uh that's not very good. And those teams were Denver and New England, both teams that you know, don't really have stellar offenses. They're not known to have stellar offenses this year. I mean, Denver nope. rookie quarterback and Drew Locke and then uh, the Pats who have been floundering all year. And to give up 60 points uh, between those two, two games, I would have no confidence in my defense and Tennessee's at home. Yeah, buddy, I'm with you. It's the it Titans all the way. To the desert we go where the Arizona Cardinals uh, are two and a half point underdogs at home against the visiting Cleveland Browns. Uh, Interesting stat I looked up on this game. It's the first time since at least 1950 that two Heisman winning quarterbacks from the same team are starting against one another. I never thought about that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, very. And also Arizona. Right now, this sets up good for the Browns. Uh, they're the only team in the NFL to allow 20 points or 20 plus points in every game this season.
1: Right. But let's look at Cleveland and who they played in the last month. Okay. In the last four weeks, they played division foes, the Bengals last week. Pittsburgh, two of the previous weeks before that. And Maddie, who do they have on deck? The Baltimore Ravens, meaning
0: it's an almost wise guy's sandwich, sandwich game. game.
1: Now, Odell Beckham Jr. is listed as questionable, nursing
0: a groin injury.
1: Now, one could argue that he is a pain in the groin for the whole Browns organization. He's, he's, nurs- he's, behaved.
0: he's nursing his hurt feelings.
1: Yeah, he's nursing his hurt little feelings there. Oh, um, Freddie Kitchens, I don't really know what to say about him other than his head is more empty than an Oktoberfest event in downtown Miami. <laughs> like the guy's clueless. Yeah, and I just I don't really see them getting up for going across the country for a non-conference game uh, when they have the Ravens on deck. Now, I'll take I'll take the points with Arizona in this one.
0: Well, this is uh, they're underdogs at home, and normally I like a home dog, but it's not even a field goal that they're underdogs by. And I think Cleveland can win by a field goal or more. That's for sure. I, I, I think Nick Chubb could do it by himself. The guy's got 75 plus scrimmage yards in 13 straight games. He's been running over everyone they play. And I mean, you know, say what you want against having to play some of those teams, but like Pittsburgh is a hard team to play against and uh, they beat them once big and then they lost to them, but not by a huge margin. I, Arizona's lost 6 straight. And I mean they haven't even been world beaters uh, as far as uh, as this season. Although against the spread neither is really uh, Cleveland, but uh, this game once again this is a game I will not be touching with my own money. Uh, no. I would highly recommend that you not touch it with your own money, but since we pick every game here, I'm uh, I'm going to go uh, and be the contrarian here and I'm going to take the dog pound Cleveland Browns to head into Arizona and uh, beat the cards. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg. Dog
2: pal, y'all better turn up this week, man. Y'all got a new feeling, new spirit. Let's go get it done, dog pal.
0: Wow, big double digit spread in this game, and why not? San Fran's offense is clicking. Man, are they ever. Uh, San Fran is at home, and they are 11-point favorites against the visiting Atlanta Falcons. You can almost wonder what Atlanta Falcons team is going to show up, Uh, but we know what Niners team is going to show up. Uh, Their offense averaging 30.5 points per game, 239 pass yards per game, and 149 rush yards per game. So if they don't beat you on the ground, they're going to beat you through the air. If they don't beat you through the air, they're going to beat you on the grounds and they're going to slap you around on special teams. Oh, yeah? And they're not going to let you throw the ball. They're allowing the Niners D, that is, allowing only 150.8 pass yards per game. That's the fewest by a Niners team since the year of my birth, 1977. That's 42 years.
1: Wow. That is a long time ago, Maddie. Yeah, I, I feel
0: every every uh, day of it,
1: my friend. So, it's not a matter of which San Francisco team shows up. It's a matter of which players on the San Francisco team show up. Okay, A, you've got a huge emotional win against the Saints. In fact, I don't remember a regular season game that wasn't a divisional one with so much emotion uh, that had gone into it with the players. And this is foreshadowing what I'm going to be saying about the Saints game on Monday night, but I just think that there's going to be a little bit of a letdown there. you know, it's going to be hard to get up for a game like this after a game like that. But let's look at the injury report. Richard Sherman could be sidelined until January with a hamstring injury that he sustained on Sunday defensive end, D Ford, who's also dealing with a hamstring injury is expected to be out for approximately four weeks. Now you've got wide receiver Marquise Goodwin on uh, the IR out for the season and center Weston Richburg out for the season. So, those are pretty big names for the 49ers. Uh, two on defense, two on offense. Uh, you know, this is uh, the, the, the best sub story going on here. Is this? I think this is the first meeting that Kyle Shanahan has against his old coach in Dan Quinn. And their last game together was a game you might be familiar with. It was one that they were leading by 28 points. It took place in February. a yeah. February. And I think they... I don't know who won that game out. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. Let's I think not the Pats the Pats probably cheated and stole some uh, signals, but whatever. They still they gave up do. a 28 point lead, so that is pretty disgusting.
1: So, this is from a 49er faithful. I think the spread's too high. So, I'm going to take Atlanta on this one.
0: Yeah, but you know who the Niners still have is an offensive line and a two-headed monster at running back. They also yeah. have Jimmy G who is not turning the ball over. Also, five of Atlanta's nine losses this year have been by more than eleven points, and those uh, eleven-plus point losses have been to teams like Minnesota, Tennessee, Houston, the LA Rams, and Tampa Bay. Teams other than maybe the Rams, they can all put up a lot of points on offense. Atlanta can't stop good offensive teams. I I, I do like Kittle's still in this game, isn't he? Yes, he is. Right. I, I just I can't see uh, Atlanta coming up. I mean, they got spanked by 20 last week. Uh, I I can't see them doing any better. I I let's I'm taking the uh, the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers to cover those 11 points at home and uh, you can cash in my wise guy card for that.
1: No, it's all right. I hope you're right. <laughs>
0: from uh, one northern california team to another uh we go right across the bay to oakland where uh the raiders are six and a half point favorites against visiting jacksonville jaguars jacksonville uh they look like another team that's kind of packed it in as well with the exception of leonard fournette who's having a good year with over a thousand rushing yards but only three rushing tds but i mean it's not like oakland's a slouch at uh, the rushing position either It's josh jacob's Uh, 218 carries 1,061 yards and seven rushing TDs, uh, not to mention, uh, Derek Carr, maybe the third best car in the world, but, uh, he's six and two in his last eight home games.
1: Uh, Josh Jacobs is listed as questionable on the injury report. He should go back, back to Jacksonville. I mean, I think it's five games in a row now that they've lost by over 17 points. You bet. They just have no interest in winning at all keep in mind that this is the last game at Oakland Alameda State at County Coliseum that the Raiders will ever play in. Uh, they'll be on the move next week, I, I, or next year rather. I know we said this last year that it was going to be their last game, but it's actually going to happen. So, uh, And when they thought it was their last game last year at the end of the season, they pulled out a really big upset wham. can't remember who they were uh, playing, but I think for sentimental reasons that the Raiders really show up for this one. And John Gruden is not pleased with the play of his team over the last few weeks. Uh, he's quite been quite vocal about that. Yep.
0: They have lost three straight.
1: Yeah, and and not not in a good fashion either. It's not like it's coming down to overtime or you know last second field goal. They just got spanked the last three games. And I just think that they bounce back here, and you know it's under a touchdown. I like Oakland.
0: Yeah the the Jags D they. Uh, They cannot stop the rush. Um, 141-point rush yards per game allowed this season. That's the second most in the NFL. And in the last three games, the Jags D has allowed 115 points. They are a raging dumpster fire.
1: Do you think they're missing Jalen Ramsey just a little bit?
0: Just a little bit. Uh, And now you
1: got Miles Jack, right? He's out for the season.
0: Yeah, I, I... you know, I I agree with you, too, about the emotion of being the last game at Oakland Alameda, uh, Alameda County Coliseum All right. under a touchdown here. Let's take their it? like rating. And now Southern California, that's three California games this week. Uh, As the L.A. Chargers uh, play host to the Minnesota Vikings. Chargers, three-point underdogs at home. Uh, They do like to keep games close, although I don't Mm -hmm. think home field advantage matters much to the Chargers as they play in basically a tiny little college soccer stadium. Um, I mean, they're facing... It's an athletic complex, Matt. you right. It's an athletic complex. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But they're facing Dalvin Cook, who's been a monster this year. He's had 11 games with one plus one or more scrimmage touchdowns. That is the most in the NFL, and I mean Cousins has 112 pass rating uh, as it stands right now. If he continues that for the re- for the last three games of the year, that will be a Viking single season record. Yeah,
1: but the Chargers played a pretty impressive game last week. Um, one that we haven't seen them do all season long. You know, it's been played outside, obviously in in sunny L.A., but you got 13-mile-an-hour winds, and Minnesota's used to playing inside. Um, In fact, I don't think for five months of the year they even leave the confines of an inside. Chargers, did you know that they're the only team in the league not to allow any opponent to exceed more than 27 points in a game this year?
0: Yep, they've allowed fewer than 28 points every game this year. So, uh, you know...
1: I think yeah, you're, you're probably right uh, in that it's probably going to be Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. Um, Thielen is appearing on the uh, injury report as uh, questionable. Um, I, in fact, I'd be surprised if he did play.
0: Uh, I still got Rudolph and Diggs though. Oh yeah, yeah, no question. I think the Vikings' biggest problem is that this game's on the road. They are three and four yeah. on the road, absolutely being six and zero at home. And I mean, the Chargers—they can pull it out. I mean, it's it's possible. Now, I will say this. Uh, this line started at plus three uh, on sites like Sports Interaction and others. I see it now down to plus two and a half. Is oh, that, really? Yeah. Now, does okay. that change your opinion? Because I, I like no. that three-point spread.
1: Uh, you know what? I'll be, I'll be brutally honest. This is probably the most difficult game on the docket this week for me to get a read on. Um, you know, it's not like these two teams play each other very often um i I don't know, man. I it, the way the Chargers played really impressed me last week and I all all year long, I knew that they had a big game in them and you know they, they're so notorious for finding ways to new and improve ways to lose games. but I think I think they come out with a W here. Well,
0: I'll definitely be rooting for them because I definitely want Minnesota and NFC North team to lose because if my Bears beat the Packers, that, keeps the bears in the hunt uh for for a playoff wild card spot i and like i said minnesota's under 500 this year when they travel and now they're going all the way down south they're playing in the four o'clock time slot i just i i i think the chargers might capitalize on a little momentum like you see how excited Mm -hmm. philip rivers was last week throwing that 90 yard touchdown and and running junk against uh that defensive lineman or linebacker—I can't remember who it was—that he was talking shit to.
2: 90 yard touchdown! 90 yard touchdown!
0: But uh, he gave—he scored in the league touch. in passing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna—I I think I'm gonna take the Chargers here, and I agree with you. A very hard game on the docket to pick. Uh, but yeah, let's go with the home team here and uh they're gonna pull it out and i mean if it's down to uh, plus two and a half you may as well just take the extra uh juice and and take the money line there you hear it from Moneyline maddie Well, down to Big D we go, and, uh, well, deep in the heart of Texas, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, you know why there's a, a hole in the roof at Texas Stadium?
1: So God can watch his favorite team play?
0: Yeah, so God can watch his favorite team choke away playoff berths. Uh, <laughs> and play- They got the L.A. Rams in town. Dallas is plus one here at home. They're an underdog. Do, do you know
1: home. why the 49ers don't have a roof with a hole on their stadium? Why is that? Because God's on the sidelines with them. Oh. Oh, bing, pow.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys right now 0-6 versus teams above 500. I, I don't really see that changing. What about you?
1: Well, the look-ahead line last week on this game was Dallas minus four. And you saw Dallas get absolutely embarrassed by your Bears. And you saw the Rams absolutely embarrassed the Seattle Seahawks. You bet. And what do we call that, Matty the recency effect.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And do you really think that those two individual performances warrant a five-point shift in this line? Because I certainly don't.
0: See, I'm going to disagree with you about the recency effect. I mean, the Rams, since acquiring Jalen Ramsey, and that was week seven. So that was yeah. a very long time ago. The Rams' defense are only allowing 15.4 points per game since acquiring yeah, Wade, him. And Wade Phillips mean, can really dial him up. And, and this is... Four games isn't really recency effect in uh, in football either, as four games constitutes a quarter of a season. And mm-hmm. in the last four games, three of the last four, Gurley's got over 100-plus scrimmage yards. Is looking really good.
1: Well, McVay finally figured out that, hey, I've got a pretty good weapon here. Maybe I should run him more than five or six times a game.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. Also, Dallas, over the course of this season, is uh, allowing the fourth-most pa- fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Now, that to me, uh, I mean, Jared Goff, you've heard me denigrate this gentleman throughout the season. However, they've been playing well as an offense. They're playing well as a defense. And, um, I mean, their offense, the Rams offense has scored 62 points in the last two games uh, versus Seattle and Arizona. I mean, everybody scores a lot against Arizona, but against Seattle, that's pretty damn good. And they did it in prime time. I, I like the Rams to cover here. Well, the Cowboys actually lead
1: the league in yards per game at just over 430, which is 22 better than the second-place team in the league, which is the Baltimore Ravens. And if you go back the last 15 games, Dallas is 111 at Jerry's World in Big D. And we always talk about the shock caller for Mr. Garrett, the Clapper. And, you know, if this game's in Dallas, Chances are they're going to have a pretty good chance of winning it. Um, Dallas, well, they both they both absolutely need this win. Um, whoever loses this game is likely going to be out of the playoff contention. But um, I, I would I'm really like Dallas. Them.
0: I would really like to see Dallas lose because what I really want to see is a sub five hundred team win a division and get a home playoff game in in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and and you know what will change as a result? What's that? nothing yeah <laughs> i would just like it because i think it might actually get the league office off of their asses and maybe change that stupid rule of um, no no seating. no
1: no. they're not doing it not yeah, going to do it fair too enough. many too many rivalries man for division games not to mean something
0: bills mafia look at this you've been flexed into prime time that's right uh, the buffalo bills are going into heinz field in pittsburgh pittsburgh two-point favorites at home and pittsburgh usually does enjoy a pretty good home field advantage and uh, i'd like to be able to comment on the bills in prime time but there's not a good enough statistical sample As this is their first appearance on sunday night football since week 11 in 2007 what no yeah way. yeah it is holy
1: crap um no they, i think they made the decision two weeks ago to flex this knowing that it was going to be a, a hunt for the wild card and you know i will say this about mike tomlin because we do kind of crap on him a lot for not being you know an elite coach but if you look at the fact that they started the season one and four and they're now technically their fourth string quarterback and they don't have levy bell or antonio brown and they won seven of their last eight games he's coached them up pretty well in fact uh every season that he has been there which i believe is 13 now they've had eight or more wins every single season so he's doing a good job there but you know who else is doing a good job mcdermott and buffalo
0: oh both of these guys are coach of the year candidates yep yeah. and but I'd I, tail- I, I, I give the nod to McDermott as uh, nobody saw this coming from Buffalo. No, no.
1: And I think we can sort of suggest what Vegas is predicting this game to look like at a total of 36, the lowest total on any game so far this season.
0: Although three of Buffalo's last four games have gone over the 36 total. Uh, it doesn't surprise me either. But
1: you're looking at probably the number one and two defense in the league. Um yeah, definitely in the AFC. Definitely in the AFC. I don't know, you know, if you just maybe look at a sample size of the last half dozen games, because that would eliminate the, the Patriots. But uh, I, I don't know what Duck's going to do. I think Buffalo, I think they can control that line of scrimmage. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be all about defense here. And, you know, a turnover here, fumble there. Pick six here. I I, I kind of like Buffalo in this spot. It's
0: like both just, these teams are have been great against the spread. Buffalo eight four and one against the spread. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, nine and four against the spread. Like I mean, mm-hmm. uh, these I agree with you too. I think this game is going to come down to who controls the line of scrimmage. Now, I mean, most football fans say every game comes down to who controls the line of scrimmage, but I mean, this one is going to be so tight. Uh, but I just, I love how young and hungry the bills defense are. They get after it. They create turnovers and Josh Allen is doing it through the air. Uh, and with his arm this season, I just with his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Pardon me with his legs. Yeah. And I mean, I just, you know, Pittsburgh plays really well in Heinz field but I agree with you. There's just something about this Bills team. I, I think there's something special about them. I think they're dying to prove it in prime time. So I am going to take the uh, Buffalo Bills here uh, to win on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, keep in mind, Bills are fifth in the league in rushing yards per game at 135. And if you can pound the ball, you've got a chance against anyone and any defense. Um, yeah, go Bills. Go Bills.
0: And finally, the Monday nighter where the New Orleans Saints are at home against the visiting Indianapolis Colts. New Orleans, nine-point favorites at home. And New Orleans does enjoy a great uh, home field advantage at the Superdome. And coming off a really tough loss last week, I mean, Drew Brees, that dude, uh, he comes back off a loss almost like no other. Um, In fact, the Saints have gone 43 straight without losing consecutive games. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. That, that is that is impressive. Also, doesn't look good for Jacoby Brissett over the last five games. He's one of four, averaging less than 200 passing yards per game, uh, four touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, that's not even a touchdown pass per game. Yeah, It's not looking good for them. Not at all. And, I mean, the Colts D... They're allowing the most pass yards per game in the NFL since week 12, uh, which is over 300 yards a game. So, I mean, they're facing Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, who's going for a receiving record. He wants to break Marvin Harris's single season record. I mean, man, I, I know it's nine points, but it's in the Superdome. It's Drew Brees coming off a loss. I think this sets up great for the Saints. What do you think, pal?
1: Well, let's just talk about Michael Thomas for a quick second here. He's, he's already got over 100 uh, receptions on the season. Yeah, guess how many drop passes that he's got? One, one,
0: yeah, <laughs> one. Yeah. That guy catch if he touches it, he's catching it.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately for the Saints, though, they placed defensive end Marcus Davenport um, and also defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins on injured reserve out for the season. That's gonna that's gonna hurt. And but you know, you mentioned earlier that. You know, they enjoy one of the biggest home field advantages in the league, and most handicappers probably add an extra three to three and a half points when the games are the big easy. So what they're saying is that on a neutral site, this would be New Orleans minus six. And I'm just thinking that's a little bit too high.
0: Really. And
1: yeah, I do. Dude, Indy's
0: D has allowed eighty nine points in the last three games. And those losses have been to Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Houston. Three teams that can score Uh, A lot like New Orleans.
1: Right, but uh, you know, with the same sort of philosophy that I used with the 49ers, they're coming off a big emotional loss. The emotional loss came at home, and now they're playing at home again. If they'd either been on the road last week or on the road this week, I probably wouldn't apply the same philosophy, but I think it's going to be a letdown spot for them, and I'm looking for the Colts to cover here.
0: Oh, dude. Well, it's your money to lose, but uh, who that dare going to beat them Saints? The calls.
2: Please hang up and try again.
0: And now it's time for Maddie and Andy's total tease, and this is a segment whereby we give you our favorite total over/under to go with uh, this uh, week, and also. Uh, we give you a teaser to maybe look at. Uh, first, let's look at uh, the total. What what total do you like this week, Andy?
1: Well, Tampa Bay is just rolling every single week on going over. I think it's now six weeks in a row. Um, they're playing Detroit, and it's a relatively low total considering Tampa Bay is in the game at 45 and a half. But Jameis Winston, as I said, he does his best every week to ensure that both teams put up points. And right now I would take the over on that game more so than anything else.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I actually, uh, have the over now it's got, it's been bet up to uh, plus 47 on, uh, on a lot of sites. Um, but you know what? I I'm with you that that is the game I'm taking as well. Tampa Bay at Detroit. I agree with you. I think that goes over 47 points It's Tampa Bay, uh, like you said, Winston, uh, make sure both offenses score quite a bit. And I mean, uh, both teams don't seem to be very interested in playing a lot of defense either. Nope. How about a teaser, buddy?
1: Well, let's go to Steeltown, where Buffalo's currently sitting at plus two. Um, we're going to dial that up to plus eight, going through the key numbers of uh, three and seven. It's a relatively low total of 36, so it's unlikely that the Steelers are going to get much separation in the game. And then we're going to go to the opposite side of the country. The left coast, as you like to call it. The Chargers are right now two and a half point faves, or underdogs rather. And we're going to dial them up to eight and a half. Again, going through those same two key numbers. And they're at home, playing outside. Um, I think this is a good spot for them too.
0: Well, for me, I'm going to tease a a game outcome and an over-under. So first off, let's go Chicago-Green Bay-NFC North matchup. Usually, always plays pretty darn close. Uh, I'm going to tease Chicago from plus four and a half to plus ten and a half, going nice. through the you know the key numbers of seven and ten, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'm looking at the Bills Steelers. Uh, like I said, three of the Bills last four games have gone over uh, over thirty-six. So I'm going to tease the over from thirty-six down to thirty. Well, thank you for listening to week 15 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss the show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 15 games across the NFL, including Maddie and Andy's Total Tees. So from the Costa Nostra Studios, from my main man, Andy, the prognosticator atridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Maddie Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner.
1: If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bedtime on the same bed channel. Sayonara.
2: Good night, everyone. I love you guys. I sit here waiting on a train. I sit here waiting for your love. Because this is all that I am asking you for. Are there so many things that you and I will never understand? Cause this is all that I am asking you for Under the sea Under the highway on the rail Under the promises you gave to me And all your letters in the mail I sit here waiting on a train Because I'll never get enough I sit here waiting like a fool for you I sit here waiting on your love I sit here waiting on a train I sit here running out of time Cause this is all that I am asking you for Cause this is all that I am asking you for Don't mess around, why won't you give that man an answer? Under the sea, under the highway on the rail, under the promises you gave to me, and all your letters in the mail, I sit here waiting on a train, because I'll never get enough. I sit here waiting like a fool for you, I sit here waiting on your love, shooting through your tunnel vision, riding on your indecision, round and round, tightly wound, racing through the underground, I wish I could control it all, I wish it was irrelevant, I wish I was a button pusher. I wish I was the president. the highway on the rail, under the promises you gave to me, and all your letters in the mail. I sit here waiting on a train, because I'll never get enough. I sit here waiting like a fool for you, I sit here waiting on your love.